welcome to this week's episode of True Podcast. I'm your host, Rhea. And I'm Alex. Sorry for the pause. <laughs> I like, are you unsure of who you are? I don't know why. Like, I got confused halfway through. <laughs> but uh, it is True Podcast. And this week, we're doing something. I know that um, Halloween was last week, but we're still in the spooky season. And we're doing something that is reminiscent of another duo. Alex, you want to share more? So, because we like... Well, this is on Watcher, right? It's on Watcher, correct. So, because we like Ryan and Shane so much from Watcher, we're just like, let's do a spooky retelling story thing. So, Dre's going to tell me a spooky story. And since you're going to react. Sh- <laughs> since I'm the Shane character, I'm just going to react. Exactly. And um, I will not reveal if it is a true or a fictional story until the end, as they do as well. Um, so that's open to interpretation. I also, I kind of skimmed through a few articles, like, are not articles, but like story submissions. Right. Um, and some of them were interesting, but I'm ultimately going with this one. And this one I actually didn't really skim through, but I felt like it was a good, based on like just the intro, I felt like it was a good middle ground of things that you're interested in and things that I'm interested in. Okay, because I was going to say, like, if this is something about ghosts, like, at the end of the story, I'm going to be 100% like, it's fake! That's so unfair, because (laughs) I have tons of ghost stories that aren't fake. And see, that's the thing. It's just like, you know, we we talked about this, whether or not we believe in ghosts and whatever, which, Mm -hmm. to me, it's always going to be just like, I don't know. Mm. Okay, well... At the end, I will say whether it is this person's truth or if it is actually, like, a known fiction. Okay, I'll try to be as open-minded as possible. Okay. Um, Because, okay, so, like, that being said, it is about Supernatural. Mm -hmm. I was going to do another one that I read that is more about, um, like, medical trials. Okay. But it was more of, like, an anxiety-inducing one. And I was like, I don't know if we want to go down that route. Maybe you'll just have to tell me, like, that story just another time, just yeah. so I can hear it, because now I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, Okay, so, um, the story that I'm telling, it is entitled, My Father Punished Me When I Talked to Ghost. <laughs> so, let's just dive into it. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. I've been blind since birth. As I grew up, everything was described to me in such vivid detail that I didn't even realize why it was important to see especially having no reference point to compare it to. We lived in a single-floor ranch house. That's what father told me. In my mind, of course, I could see, although unlike a sighted person could. I had spatial awareness. I knew where my bedroom was, where the bathroom, living room, and kitchen were. Each wall had its own texture. I don't know if it was done on purpose or if I could feel things that others didn't notice. I rarely fell over. Only if father, or one of the visitors, put something somewhere they shouldn't have. It was usually the visitor, and father would shout. They visited infrequently, and only briefly when they did. Father said I shouldn't speak to them, that it unsettled him. He'd worried when I saw something he didn't, saw it with my ears or by touch. Ellie was first. She seemed very sweet. She asked me my name and why my face was so messed up. Jeez. Am I allowed to interrupt during your story? Yeah, you can interrupt. So, I mean, it kind of sounds already like the visitors are like ghosts. I think it's really creepy outright that this guy is referring to his father as my father the entire time. See, that's so interesting you say that because I have, like, just starting this, for some reason I envisioned this character being a woman, like a girl. 
Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I don't mean, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know who they are. Right. Yeah, for whatever reason, in my mind's eye, it's a guy. In my mind's eye, it's a girl. Interesting. Because I feel like it might be even, like, to me, like, when I think about, like, people referring to their parents as, like, mother or father instead of, like, mom or dad or anything in between. I'm just, it's, like, like archaic. I feel like, yeah, I feel like, I'm, I think that it's more likely a guy would call their dad, like, father, like, refer to them in that way. But I don't know. That's weird. And for whatever reason, whenever he described it as, like, a ranch house, mm-hmm. I immediately have my mental picture up of the house that you talked about, the house that you love, mm-hmm. that you lived in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's house. what I imagine. Like, this is the layout that I'm imagining That's in my so mind's funny. eye now. When he says ranch house, I'm envisioning, like, a really run-down, like, shed of a house for some reason. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe the story will unfold a little bit more. Okay. Ellie was first. She was very sweet. She asked me my name and why my face was so messed up. She was in the living room. I can hear where she sat from her breaths. That's an interesting statement. I mean, I guess it makes sense, though. Like, if your senses are heightened enough, because, well, that's what they say, right? Like, if you get deprived of one sense, like, your other ones sharpen. Right. Like, I mean, I can only say that I've heard that. Like, obviously, I have never experienced it. Right. But I mean, I guess you could kind of, well, I don't know. Anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Harsh nasal sounds as if her nose was blocked. When father had a cold, he'd always breathe through his mouth, big labored breaths, as if he wasn't used to it. When people mentioned my face, I always touched it, trying to work out why it was so strange to them. When I asked if I could touch theirs, there was always a pause. I guess sighted people never did that. Why would they need to? When I asked Ellie if I could touch her face, she reluctantly agreed. But moments later, father entered the room and asked me who I was speaking to. I told him nobody. So already, like, definitely a ghost. Yeah. Okay. He would always punish me when I spoke about them. I think it scared him. He'd take my arm and march me off. I'd be knocked off balance and disoriented to the point where he would finally set me down. My hands would frantically search for my surroundings until I knew where I was. I was usually in my bedroom, though every now and then he would leave me outside in the middle of nowhere. Oh my (laughs) god. You know, yeah, this sounds like a not great situation. But can you just imagine, though, like, well, one, I think, like, in any horror movie ever, it's really creepy when, like, kids are talking to ghosts. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And then, like, the parent, like, walks in and just, like, what's going on here? And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm just like, no, I think you should tell me if there's a ghost in the house. Yeah, and, like, it is creepy, and I feel like... Like, hypothetically, if I had a kid and all of a sudden they're, like, telling me, like, I'm talking to Elliot, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm like, who's Elliot? Um, I wouldn't get angry. Like, I would be concerned. Like, I'd be worried for my kid. Like, I wouldn't punish them. Like, I'd be like, okay, stay with me at all times, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, like, the whole idea of imaginary friends is not that far-fetched. Yeah. Oh, I had tons of imaginary friends when I was a kid. Which is another interesting thought because... I mean, how I'm really sensitive to energies. And so now thinking about it as an adult, I'm like, wait a second. Well, I guess maybe to throw fuel on your particular fire. I never had any imaginary mm. friends. Mm-hmm. I had tons. And were, you know, standing on both sides of the fence as, you know, me, a skeptic, you, a believer in that sort of thing. So, I mean, I guess maybe that, like, lends into the Well, the thing is that, like, I wasn't a believer when I was young. Like, I didn't know what ghosts were when I was younger, you know? Mm. And, like, not even saying... Like, I'm not even saying right now that, like, my imaginary friends are ghosts, because, like, who knows. But I did have tons of imaginary friends when I was younger. Like, a ton. But, 
then also, well, this is not related to the imaginary friends. Can you imagine, like, being blind? One, that's enough. Mm-hmm. You know, just being blind in general. But then also, like, I feel like I'd be very disconcerted, especially like, if I was in my own home, and then all of a sudden there are en- people or entities there that I didn't hear enter that are all just sudden just existing. Yeah, totally. Like, I'd lose my mind. And mm-hmm. also... How sad that is, like, them being locked outside and being totally disoriented and, like, have to feel around to, like, know where they are. Yeah, it's stressful. Yeah, especially like It's if, all bad. Like, how do you find... You can't find your way. Mm-hmm. If you get lost in, like, a place and blind... Yeah. <laughs> Misery. I don't know what to... I don't know. Like, I can't even imagine it. It gives me anxiety already. Like, I'm getting secondhand anxiety from 100%. That. 1 million percent. Okay. Going back to the story. That was the worst. I would be lost and scared... He told me about the road that ran in from the house and explained that the sounds I heard were cars, that they'd kill me if I touched them. Oh, wait, if they touched me. I'm sorry. I was like, wait, why would it kill it? Okay, it makes sense. (laughs) If they touched me. Those sounds were only means of recognizing my surroundings. I waited until I heard one and then knew which way to turn back to the house. Oh, that's smart. Right. I heard Ellie that evening. She whispered to me, saying she was scared. I whispered back, but she didn't hear. I asked father about Ellie. He didn't want to talk about her. I asked him why. He didn't reply. When I told him that she asked about my face, he asked me how I responded. I told him I wanted to touch hers. He laughed, though I knew he wasn't happy. I could hear the difference. When you laugh for pleasure, your mouth is wide open. When you pretend, your mouth is almost closed. To me, the difference is obvious. It wasn't until I was older that he explained. He said we lived in a special place connected to the other world. And sometimes dead people slipped through. People who died in pain and wanted to reach the living. He explained that because I couldn't see, I was unable to tune into that. I was able to tune into that, Mm -hmm. excuse me. My reading is, um, not great. (laughs) (laughs) That they knew I was listening when others weren't. He said I had to ignore it. Otherwise, he told me, they'd latch onto me and never leave me. All the dead wanted is to be alive again, he said. It was dangerous, and they would trick me. He said he knew how to deal with them, but he couldn't help if they became attached to me. Alex appeared to me a few years later. Okay, well, before we get into that, (laughs) I'd like to say, if you know that your house is connected to paranormal activity, wouldn't Mm -hmm. you just be like, well, I'm going to move now. See ya. Well, there's a lot of things that go into that. Like, I know that, like, a lot of times people who, say, for example, purchase haunted houses, they can't just up and leave because, like, financially, like, that's impractical and lots of times improbable, you know? Right. I mean, but the way that it makes it sound is that they were there for a while. Mm -hmm. But then also, if you're that concerned about, like, a spirit latching onto you or latching onto your child. Mm-hmm. From, see, that's what the part I guess I can't get past. I'm just like, you know, never mind yourself, I guess. Mm-hmm. But your child. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. Like, it's crazy. Um, and then on top of that, if he knew that the house is connected to paranormal activity, why is he punishing the poor blind kid? for talking to these people that they don't know are dead. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like a little bit more, like, explanation could have gone into that, like, from the beginning. And I'm sure it'll probably maybe unfold a little bit later, but... Yeah. A lot of questions so far. Okay. Okay. Alex appeared to me a few years later. She told me that she was lost and didn't know where she was. 
I told her I wasn't allowed to speak to her. Still, she pleaded for help. I kept quiet, knowing what would happen if I said anything. Do you speak to them? Father asked. Though I was upset, I told him no. I wished I could help her. I knew what it was to be lost, and it scared me. Alex didn't whisper to me at all. I ignored her, and she ignored me. Father saved me, and I was thankful. After Alex, I knew what I needed to do, so I did it. The spirit stopped bothering me after that for a very long time. That was until Sarah appeared. Sarah didn't give me a chance to be quiet. I was on my own, sitting in the living room and listening to the television. Help, she said. I need to find a way out. I stayed silent. You can hear me, can't you? She asked, surprised. I'm not allowed to speak to you, I told her. Please, she begged. I'm scared, I'm lost, and I want to see my daddy. I gripped the arms of the chair and told her I wasn't allowed. He's dead, she said. I didn't answer. Your father is dead, she said again. Mm. Wait a second. Plot twist. Okay, let's see. I wasn't going to fall for it. I heard banging from around the room as things began to fly, and the shelves began to shake. Stop it, I shouted, and it did. Please help me leave, she said. I wasn't going to talk to her. I did the only thing I thought would help. I unlocked the front door, hoping she'd run out and get lost, just like I would do. When I heard from her no more, I locked the door and sat back down. I listened intently for any signs she was still there, except for the sounds of the TV. It was silent. I hated when my heart raced. I became all too aware of the tick-tock feeling of the rise and fall within my chest, like it was about to explode. When I heard my father's voice, I screamed. Son! You're right, it was a boy. Yeah! Son, he said. <laughs> I need your help. I think I'm dying. Stress. The ghost killing him? I did what he told me to do. I didn't speak. If he did die, he'd never leave me. Instead, I raced out into the open air and shouted for help. I shouted until my voice was hoarse. I heard the sounds of cars racing along the road in front of my house. I shouted until I heard somebody respond. It was a woman. What's wrong? They said. I told them I think my father was dying. They asked what had happened to my face. I pleaded with them to help me, and they promised they would. I sat down on the grass and waited. Sometime later, the woman returned to me and asked if she could hold my hand. I'm so sorry, she told me. I heard the sound of sirens and people rushing. I asked what was going on. The woman said she was there for me. As the noise died down, a man asked me a question. I'm a paramedic, he said. What happened to your face? I told him I was fine. He asked if I was sure, and I told him I was. He asked if I mind him touching my face. I said it was okay. A moment later, I felt a pressure release from around my forehead, and the air felt cold around my skin. It sounded as if he were peeling an orange. I imagined that in my head and, and worried he'd expose my insides. I imagined that in my head and worried he'd expose my insides. Typo? It's an, I don't know. Okay. But this is so, maybe he's not blind at all. Oh. Maybe something's just been over his face. Interesting. I mean, I don't know how you wouldn't know that, but why else does it sound like, you know, something's peeling? Well, maybe it was like conditioning. Like, you know how, like, for example, like, um, people who have like elephants in captivity, like they'll chain them to like a tree, for example, when they're babies. And so like as babies, they'll try to like get away and they won't be able to obviously they're too small and so they become conditioned to think that like oh i can't get away when this chain is on my ankle so then when they're adults all they have to do is just put the chain on the ankle not attached to anything and they just stay put 
I know that's a good example. And it's horrific. It's so and then sad. it makes me feel some kind of way. It's so sad. It's horrific to know, but like it's it's relevant to this idea. So I'm wondering, well, back to the story that I'm wondering if the ghost killed the dad. I'm wondering, my theory so far is what if they're not ghosts and he said they were ghosts, but like he was like a serial killer. That's another good point. Mm-hmm. You're correct. (laughs) Especially since the dad's now injured. Exactly. And if there's something wrong with the kid's face, maybe it's something the dad did. I don't know. Let's keep going. Okay. Okay. Da-da-da-da. Felt like an orange peeling, whatever. I screamed and asked what he was doing. He told me everything was going to be okay, and the woman squeezed my hand, telling me to be brave. I didn't know what I was experiencing. I felt a tight pain within my head, like when you smash your shin against something hard followed by something I've come to understand as bright. It hurt so much I began to cry. What happened to your eyes? The paramedic said. I said I was blind. He asked to check them. The pain returned when he examined them. Do you know him? The man asked the woman who had helped me. She told him that I had been screaming for help and that... Oh, I see. Okay, sorry. Do you know him? The man asked the woman who had been helping me. Okay. There was no end quotations Mm. in the text, so I was confused. I thought it was all part of a sentence. She told him that I had been screaming for help and that she had come to my aid, but that she had never met me before. How long have you had your eye injured? He asked me. I told him I'd been blind since birth. He asked me if I could see his fingers. I told him no. He asked if I could open my eyes. I said I didn't know what he meant. He asked if he could open them for me. I didn't respond. Then I felt his fingers on my face. Fingers covering something rubbery. Suddenly, it became bright again. I screamed. He tried to call me. The woman squeezed my hand again. I didn't know what was happening. Things I couldn't describe came to me. It's like it always was, but multiplied by 100-fold. And so much more real. I carried on screaming as a fuzzy form came into view. Just breathe, okay? The paramedic said. Everything will be fine. When was the last time you saw? As my heart began to calm and my breathing slowed, I became distracted by what I was experiencing. It overwhelmed me. I wanted to cry, and I did. How long has it been? He asked again. I've never seen anything before, I told him. Okay, so, you know, this makes me wonder, because then I imagine something has been on his face this entire time, because obviously he's able to see now. Correct. And I wonder, like, I mean, hopefully it gets into details and what it was that was covering his face, because I'd really like to know, because, like... Movie, I, the movie I mentioned to you during uh, the Rational Fears podcast, The Descent, mm-hmm. the one with the fingernails. Yeah, yeah, So the crawler people that are the monsters in this movie, mm-hmm. um, they haven't been outside, like, in years, so they're always in the dark. But because of that, like, their eyes have, like, there's no like, color in their eyes anymore. Okay. Because of, like... The darkness, like how you adjust to it being pitch black, I guess. Like the cones and rods have, like, deteriorated? Yeah, so, like, obviously, you know, I don't believe that anything in that movie is factual, but it makes me, like, think, like, if you've had something, you know, impeding your sight this entire time, would you just end up going blind? Well, here's here's my counter-argument to that, Mm -hmm. because they were seeing... But because of the dark, they were straining so hard. So that could have deteriorated their vision. Whereas this person isn't straining. Like, they just have never opened their eyes. Which I guess makes you think, like... Because, I mean... 
depending on what's been placed over this child's eyes, like, for all of his life, I guess, you know, that's it. But, like, isn't it kind of almost, like, instinct to, like, open your eyes? Like, just forget for the moment that you can't, that he has his eyes covered and you can't see anything. Okay. But you still would want to open your eyelids. Because it sounds like in that little last part right there, like, he had to have assistance opening his eyelids. Right. I don't know. I don't have answers <laughs> yeah. for you. I'm just the reader. I'm just, I'm just musing. I'm reacting. Right, 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 right. Yeah. told. I mean, I don't know. Well, here's another counter argument to that. <laughs> like, for example, when I wake up from sleeping, I don't wake up by opening my eyes. Like, I just come to consciousness and my eyes are still closed. So, like, I can understand not having the impulse to open one's eyes. Right. And I guess maybe if, like, this is happening to the child ever since, like, they were an infant, then maybe, like, the instinct to open your eyelids would, like, cease. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only thing I can think of at that point. Maybe. I don't know. Okay, let's keep going. Right. So after that last line, there's, like, a little, like, break. So I don't know if that's relevant, but there's a break. Okay. Okay. I was told to keep an eye mask on for most of the day only taking it off at night at first to allow my eyes time to adjust. At the same time, I was placed in the custody of my aunt and uncle, and I didn't even know them at first. They were shocked at what happened to me and that I had never attended school. The past few years have been a roller coaster ride. The doctor said I may have perfect vision, though what little I have is a godsend, and I'll take whatever I can get. I've only recently been learning to read and write, so I apologize if my English isn't great. Okay, well, that explains a lot of the typos. Mm-hmm. It's the best I can do. I've been asking my aunt what happened to my father, but all she says is that he died of a heart attack. I asked what sort of man he was. She says he was her brother and she'll love him no matter what. My uncle doesn't want to talk about him at all. So the sister's like, she's my brother, I'll love him, whatever... No matter what, that means that there is something unsavory. Oh, 100%. He has to be a lunatic. (laughs) Okay. I want to know what happened to the mom. Right. All right. I've been using the computer a lot recently and really enjoying the internet. I can't believe such a thing exists. After being so lonely for so long, I can talk to whoever I want, when I want, though I'm wary of that. After all, how do I know if who I'm talking to is alive? No one seems to share my father's concern about that. Today, I was on a forum discussing the spirit world. I was so happy to find people who I could relate to, and someone curious about my username sent me a link to an article on a true crime website. It was about my father, and mentioned me by name. They asked me who I was, and if it was the same person. According to the article, my mother had gone missing... Oh, here we go. Here's a mother. Mm -hmm. Okay. According to the article, my mother had gone missing soon after my birth. It said I'd been bound so that I couldn't see that my father always wanted a daughter. They found 14 bodies in the basement. Which is why they're all girl ghosts. mm -hmm. They said one got away, a girl by the name of Sarah Frank. She was the one to call the police. They found father's car parked around the back of the house. They supposed he carried his victims into the basement via the storm entrance and left them there. Sarah had managed to get away after she agreed to be his daughter followed four days of sustained torture she stabbed him with a knife he placed on the counter to butter some toast i didn't want to believe it 
and I'm not sure I would have if it weren't for the names of the victims, two of which stuck out, Ellie Farmer and Alex Riddle. I'd spoken to them both in the living room. To this day, I wonder if my father had been honest with me about a single thing in my life. Throughout it all, one question remains above all others. Did I speak to Ellie and Alex before or after he killed them? Is that the end of the story? That is the end of the story. To me, it's one like to me it's not at all a ghost story now. It's just a true crime story. <laughs> it's horrifying. Well, yeah, for least. sure. It's like, oh my gosh, imagine? Like if, like I know that they're I mean, it's not far-fetched to think that, you know, like a father can manipulate his kid to like make them think a certain thing and like that's not the reality, you know, because that's happened. Right. I mean, so I know you haven't asked yet, Mm -hmm. but I have trouble believing that this is a true story Okay, in the sense of like, okay, so let's say, you know, I grow up blind and whatever, or thinking that I'm blind. Mm -hmm. I'm in that person's shoes. I have a hard time believing that... I wouldn't have investigated whatever was on my face. Mm. You know? Like, I'm sure that if the father would, like, catch the son, like, messing around with it, he'd be like, don't do that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, kids being kids, like, you want to mess around with things anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, and especially, like, if he's ever felt his own father's face, like, he'd know that, you know. It's not supposed to have something, like, scaly or whatever the heck is on it. Right. Yeah, I mean, you're right. But like I said also, there's like a lot of conditioning that one can do from a very early right. age. Yeah, that's true. So, I, I I mean, I'd have problems with believing that that's a true story because of some of the details. If it was, that's like an incredibly horrifying story for sure. <laughs> well, but to, it, to me, it's not ghosts. Okay, well, to culminate it all, this is a fiction. It is a creepypasta that is submitted by author Edwin Crow. Okay. Creepypastas are fiction, just in general. I don't know if you've ever read creepypastas. I've heard that name before. They've mentioned it on The Watcher. Okay, then that's it. They sometimes get their stories from here. But it's like this, uh, it's like like a website where people can submit like their own short stories that are thrilling. Right. What have you. Um, so the other story that I was gonna read you is also a creepypasta. I just figured I'd do a fiction one today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it's interesting. It was basically about, like, this guy who, uh, his, like, part-time gig was to be a test trial for, like, different medications. Mm-hmm. And he had done, like, tons and, like, you know, had always just kind of, like, had, like, not really adverse side effects or didn't really experience anything. And then they supposedly gave him this new medication that was supposed to, like, ex- like um, kind of like Adderall in a sense. Okay. Where it's supposed to, like, increase your awareness and, like, your functionality. Um, and it's basically, like, him deteriorating into madness from it. Madness in what kind of way? Like, he's too hyper aware of things that, like, it's almost impossible to live. Mm. Um, and so, like, the title... Of that article, and that's and the reason why I was originally considering reading it is because I was like, well, "This is interesting." 
the title of it is If You're Armed and at the Glenmont Metro, Please Shoot Me. <laughs> That's the title of it. So if anyone's interested in reading that one, it's on Creepypasta. Look it up. Um, otherwise, the one that we read, once again, was called My Father Punished Me When I Talked to Ghosts. So, not that this is, like, you know, at all super telling or whatever, like, I knew it from the beginning sort of deal, Mm -hmm. but one thing that kind of stuck with me the entire time you were reading that uh, story is that, like, the voice of the speaker didn't feel authentic. Okay. Like, in what sense do you mean that? Like, it was too storytelling-y? A little bit, like, let me think, how should I put that? It was too, almost, like, rehearsed. Like, I feel like when you're, like, telling, like, your own personal story about things, like, a little bit more personality bleeds into it. That felt very generic to me. I feel you. Mm Because, like, especially, like, you know, afterwards when, you know, the, whatever was on his face comes off and he Mm -hmm. lives, like, a regular human again. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you'd acclimate to that, like, the way that he was talking about his relationship with the internet. I'm just like, this doesn't sound like, you know... Something that you can necessarily buy into. Right. And I feel like, also, at some point, you just stop saying my father and, like, say my dad or something. Well, maybe he said he was saying his father because this is written after the fact, and he's trying to separate that relationship. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of had that tone during the entire time where it's like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it, it would make sense, like, if the person was in, like, incredibly sheltered, which mm-hmm. the beginning of the story would lend to that. Especially if they never had gone to school. Well, yeah. of course, they wouldn't have been able to go to school because then they'd be like, what's going on with that thing on your face? Yeah, exactly. And be like, um... <laughs> it's really funny that, like, everyone in the story is like, what happened to your face without... Any other sort of details? I know, right? Like, say something like, why do you have that on your eyes? You know, something like that. Because I feel like if I were to see something strange like that, like if someone was just like walking around with the blindfold on or whatever, not that it's something that simple because it Mm -hmm. wasn't, but like if someone was walking around with a blindfold and I ran into them, I'd be like, why do you have a blindfold on? Yeah, exactly. Just like, um... Not what's wrong with your face. (laughs) Seriously. Um, So being that that was a relatively short podcast slash story Uh i was thinking i can share like a really quick other one sure okay so um let me just pull it up here okay so this one's pretty short uh i'm just gonna read it we can talk about it Mm -hmm. feel free to jump in at any point sounds good so the title of this one is called a home intruder came into my room one night this is not like what was actually on watcher was it no, it's not. Because it sounds like that one. I know, I know. But and it's, it's already it's not, like... It's not the one that's on Launcher. That was so stressful. Okay. This is already stressful. <laughs> I haven't even started. It's, this is like my nightmare. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I am a 27-year-old woman. And this... Oh my gosh. How fitting. <laughs> so, at the time this podcast comes out, I'll, I will have just turned 27. Like, which is literally. why Victoria is saying that. That's hilarious. Okay. <clears throat> I am a 27-year-old woman, and this happened to me nine or ten years ago, when I was a senior in high school. We lived in a pretty large house, but my siblings were all away to college or boarding school, so it was only my parents and I in the house. I am a crazy light sweeper, 
So when I woke up in the dark and saw my alarm clock flashing 3.11 a.m., I wasn't too surprised. However, I was wide awake, not just groggily stirring in my sleep. I lay there, wondering what had woken me, when I heard very soft footsteps on the stairs outside my bedroom. Okay. (laughs) I'm stressed already. Because, like, every once in a while, like, um... Sometimes I'll be, like, paranoid that I forgot to, like, lock the front door. Oh, I, I'm constantly living in that fear. Constantly. And then, like, I'll think I hear something downstairs. And especially since, like, you know, I work from home, right? Mm-hmm. And my parents, they have to leave the house for work. So I'm literally at home alone all day. So if I hear something downstairs that doesn't sound like my cat, mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, it's, it's over. nice knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> this, is how I, this is how I go out. Okay, let's continue. The door to my room was parallel to the left side of my bed, and I happened to be laying with my back to the door. When the footsteps approached my door, I thought it must be one of my parents, checking on me for some reason. Then the doorknob was turned, so, so slowly. Still, I thought they were just trying not to wake me. The door began to open, again, slowly and carefully. It made a creaking noise, no matter how slow it was opened, so the person finally just shoved it the rest of the way to silence the creak. Still, my naive brain thought it must be one of my parents, until they clicked on a flashlight. (laughs) 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 Wait. Wait. (laughs) Okay, so... Let's just take a break a second. So we're in that scenario, right? Mm-hmm. What do you do? Do you pretend that you're still asleep? Oh, big time. I'm 100%. I'm knocked out. I don't know. You're in there. You can take whatever you want. I'm not even I'm not going to see your face. I'm not going to even tell you that I'm awake. Like, you can rob me for all that you want, and I will never look at you. Because here's what my brain goes through, right? Which 100%, I think what I'd end up doing is pretending to be asleep still, mm-hmm. which I don't know how, like you control your breathing patterns at that point in time Mm -hmm. because when you're sleeping you're relaxed so like your breathing is very relaxed and slow Mm -hmm. whereas i feel like in that situation i'd probably stop breathing and be rigid (laughs) here's the thing who knows what we would do in that situation because obviously thank god and please lord you know never put us there but i would like to believe that like, for example, when you're in a high-stress situation normally, that's not, you know, like, necessarily life-threatening, you tend to get, like, shaped into, like, your most put-together, like, senses. You know what I mean? Like, you're, like, always, like, okay, like, I need to focus, like, you know, like, let's say this is, like, a bad example, but, like, if one of our friends is drunk right. and is throwing up and we're drunk, all of a sudden you're sober, you know? Yeah. So I would like to think that if you're in a high stress situation like you will naturally be like i need to focus on breathing normally and then i could freak out later you know what's so interesting about that not to go into too much of a sidebar about it Mm -hmm. is that i get that example that you gave and i agree with it Mm -hmm. but then i also feel like there's a different end of the spectrum where like like there was that one work incident which i don't need to go into detail on that happened a couple years ago Mm -hmm. and i was just like total like deer in the headlights Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm I mean, yeah. And, right. and, and, I would think that normally I would react, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I was just frozen. Well, here's the thing. I think that different scenarios could trigger different responses. Right. 
So maybe we would be able to control the breathing. Maybe we would just panic and die. Yeah, because then, well, because I guess the two options in your head for, like, this whole scenario is, like, one, you pretend that you're still asleep, which Mm -hmm. is 100% I'm sure I'd probably do. Or two, you try to, like, beg for your life, I guess. Well, here's the other thing. Like, and I think, and I hate to admit that I think about this, but, you know, I am an avid receiver of true crime shows and podcasts and everything of the like. Right. Um, So I sometimes think to myself, you know, like, well, I actively think, like, what can I do to avoid putting myself in a situation where I could ever, you know, be taken or something? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm hyper careful about, like, you know, I don't go put gas in my car at night. I don't go places by myself at night. You right. know, things like that. Um, not saying that everything happens at night, but, you know, minimize your chances. Right. Um, and one of the things I think about or I've thought about is, like, what would I do in the event that, like, someone took me or like abducted me or like did something like that Mm -hmm. and or try to like rape me i mean sorry trigger warning right but and i've come basically to this determination that i would do everything in my power to convince the person that you know what fine if we're gonna do this like i'm into it like at least let me get into it so then they put their guard down they're like okay well if you're gonna enjoy this like let's do this you know and then when they're like guard down guard is down then i'd be like you know and try to like run or something you know because i feel like if you're fighting them they're obviously gonna hog tie you like totally like put you in a submissive position you know what i mean counter argument okay because we both have you know watched like true crime things and like mm-hmm. listen to tri- true crime things that might make you more in danger you think so I think that they might want to dispose of you sooner like mm-hmm. if that's if they want oh the they fear. want the fear oh gosh you're right I don't know. Let's just hope we're never in that situation. Okay, we've really gone off track here. <laughs> All I said was that he clicked on a flashlight, and here we are talking about what we would do if we're abducted. Okay, let's get back to the story. Mm-hmm. I froze. Terror flooded me, and I remember that I instantly broke out in sweat. Well, there you go. We weren't able to control their bodily functions. Right. Okay, sorry. They were behind me, and I was facing away so they couldn't see my eyes wide open as they shone the beam straight on me. That's not very, like, cryptic of the person entering to shine the light straight on this person. They're pretty confident that they can take you. Yeah. Or, well, when I say take you, like, I mean kill you. Yeah. Upsetting. Okay. I always used to think that if something like this had ever happened, I would be such a bad A, Mm -hmm. censorship, And I would whip out of my bed and punch them, attack them, shout, scream, do something. But I couldn't do anything at all. All I could do was try to keep my breathing deep and even. There you go also. Despite the pounding of my heart. Mm -hmm. So that the intruder wouldn't know I was awake. After about ten seconds, they finally moved the light away. I prayed and begged and bartered with anything that would listen to me as the intruder rocked around, walked around my room. Looking at my things, I can see vaguely through their shape, large and bulky, like they were wearing two coats. They had a baseball cap on. They didn't shine the light on me again, and after a few minutes, which felt like an eternity, they left my room. Okay, pause again. Mm-hmm. So you say that you're in that situation. Mm-hmm. What do you do after they leave the room? Well, how would you... Because I would feel like you can't let your guard down. 
Because what if they just, like, made it seem that they left the room because, like, they realize that you're mm-hmm. awake? So, mm-hmm. like, turn off the flashlight, you know, open, close the door, whatever, and are just still there. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, I have my afraid of the dark scenarios and whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, I feel like I see something in the dark and I'll just, like, I'll keep my eyes closed, just pretend it isn't there. Mm-hmm. And, like, just try to relax. Mm-hmm. But, like, not able to completely shake off the feeling that something's not right behind me. Sure. Like, okay, I think what I would do is I would probably, like, stay in my same position for, let's say, 15 minutes. And I can guarantee you I'd probably be counting to 60, like, 15 times in my head, you know? And then I would make, like, you know, when you're asleep and sometimes you turn over. Like, I would keep my eyes closed and everything and I would turn over keep my eyes closed, give myself a beat, and then do one of, you know, like, one of these, like, <laughs> barely open your eye right. just to see, like, what's going on there. Um, because that's believable, you know? Like, I'm just flipping over in my sleep. Yeah. That's probably what I would do. The anxiety would be real, though. Especially since <laughs> I mean, we obviously. both, like, live with people. Oh, big time. Like, ugh, that'd be awful. Okay, let's get back to it. Mm-hmm. I can still hear them, though walking around the rest of the second floor through my siblings empty bedrooms i was still sweating still frozen in terror not knowing what to do i wanted to grab my phone and call my dad sleeping downstairs i wanted to call our landline so that the phone would ring and wake my parents up i wanted to call the police i wanted to get up and run from my room i wanted to cry but i couldn't do any of those things i was afraid that they would hear me and I didn't know if they had a weapon or would try to hurt me or my parents. I wouldn't wish such helpless terror on my worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I don't know how, but I must have passed out from fear, or the adrenaline wore off and I fell asleep somehow, because the next thing I knew it was 6 a.m. and I could hear my parents downstairs. I ran downstairs, and as calmly as I could, I asked them if one of them had been in my room last night. Their faces went blank, and they said no, they hadn't. That was the last straw. I broke down in sobs and told them that someone was in my room last night. Even as I type this, my hands have begun shaking and I'm teared up. The police were called, even though there was little they can do at that point. Apparently, when my parents woke up, all the doors to the outside were standing wide open and there was a duffel bag at the bottom of the stairs. All that was inside was a coil of nylon rope and an empty USB flash drive. I didn't want to think about what was on it or who it was for. The intruder hadn't taken anything, and we have no idea why they left in what appeared to be a hurry. It took me about a week to be able to sleep in my own room, a sanctuary which felt violated and frightened to me now. I carry pepper spray, sleep with a machete under my bed, and double check my locks every night. Hopefully this will never happen again, but if it does, hopefully I won't freeze. It's been 10 years, and my most common nightmare is that someone is in my room, standing in the shadows, watching me. Do I have to guess whether this is real or not? If you would like to. I, I think this one's a lot more believable scenario than the last one. Okay. I'd still say it's not real. For the purpose of, and I'd be, if it was real, I'd be really mad, actually. Okay, why? The, because, okay, let me readjust. Alright, so, because... Like, I've gotten so serious that I've sat up now. Like, I was previously slouching, and now I'm just like, wait a second. If this was my house, mm-hmm. if this was my family, mm-hmm. 
you know, if this happened to me, whatever. Like, if I'm, like, the only one that they visited, like, the inside the room and actually woke up. Mm-hmm. One, I'm not sure I would actually fall back asleep. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'd be too wired. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Like, I don't, like, I know the whole adrenaline wearing off thing, like, that's, I guess, legit, but I'm just like, I wouldn't be able to go back to sleep. Right. As soon as I felt safe enough, I would go to my parents' room and be like, wake up! (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, call the police or something. Like, I just, it wouldn't, no, I wouldn't fall back to sleep. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, it made it sound like, you know, she, you know, woke up at six or whatever and, like, heard her parents downstairs. If... And I would assume that, like, the family would be, like, walking around the house, like, doing their normal, you know, morning thing like the parents would. And if they found, if my parents found, you know, the outside doors, like, wide open. In a duffel bag. And a duffel bag at the bottom of, you know, the stairs with this stuff in it. The mm-hmm. first thing they'd be doing is they'd be in my room, like, are you okay? Yeah, totally. Not me coming downstairs and being like, hey, was there someone in my room last night? But here's the thing. Okay, definitely the doors wide open is alarming. But, like, for me, like, say my parents found a duffel bag at the bottom of our stairs with just, like, a USB drive in it. Well, and I feel the like nylon they w- cord. Huh? And the nylon cord. And a nylon cord. But, like, I feel like they wouldn't be alarmed because, like, me personally, like, I've always had duffel bags my whole life, you know, playing sports. And I'll just hand, like, random stuff in there. And sometimes I'll just leave them in random places. So I feel like my parents wouldn't even probably look in it. They would just get the duffel bag and put it in the closet. I know 100% my mom would look. Well, I mean, probably. But, like, I'm, I'm trying to give this family validity because I'm, like, I feel like my parents would just be, like, ugh, put your things away and so they would just put it, it in the So then was it a real story? Huh? So then was it a real story? It was a real story. Ugh! Yeah, so this was posted by a user named Art Sasquatch a month ago. And it's posted to the subreddit on Reddit, mm-hmm. um, Let's Not Meet. And the description for this subreddit is... A place to read spine-tingling, unusual, terrifyingly true stories about people you never want to meet again. (sighs) (laughs) Eek. Yeah, so that's something to haunt your nightmares. Because intruder stories are, for me, terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) Just, yeah. (laughs) Well, no... I mean, I've been saying it this whole time. Like, I lose my mind. Yeah, 100%. Like, I don't know what I would possibly do if I was in that situation. I think, though, and the very... That's so difficult. Because I think that, you know, if I was in the situation, like, they've left my room mm-hmm. and left me alone. Well, one, like, you know, my mind is going, like, through my own house, which you would 100%, like end up in my parents' room before you ended up in mine. Mm-hmm. Like, just because of, like, the layout the of the layout, house. Right. Like, I'm the furthest away. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's that, too. Like, one, I'd be, like, concerned about, are my parents alive? Mm-hmm. This is, like, a shock, not shocking, like, like, strikingly relevant story to you, I feel like. Because, one, the girl is 27. Mm-hmm. Two, she lived at home and her two siblings were gone. Like, mm-hmm. empty rooms. Just there with her parents. And I'm like, that is strikingly similar to your living situation. Right. And then there's the added, like, I have a shared anxiety because I've almost been abducted before. Yeah, 100%. So So I'm like, like, oh, gosh, what an appropriately horrifying story. Well, anyway, what I was going to say was, like, you know, besides the whole, like, they probably end up in my parents' room first, to be honest, which would Mm -hmm. be a horrible thing also. Mm -hmm. I feel like 
you know, after I felt okay that they were not in the room anymore, and, like, I heard them in other parts of the house. You would run to your parents' room? No, I would probably turn over, because, like, I usually sleep not facing my door as well. Mm -hmm. I'd turn over and at least think about calling the cops. Mm -hmm. But I guess the drawback is I'd be afraid to speak. Yeah. Because the calling is whatever. Well, to speak and also, like, if your phone let off, like, a light. Right. Well, because, I mean, I guess it's assuming that they leave the room in this, well, leave the door in the state that it was when they, like, arrived. Mm-hmm. Because I don't sleep with my door closed, but I sleep with it cracked. Oh, really? Oh, gosh, I cannot. I have to sleep with my door closed. Actually, my preference, to be real, is to sleep with my door open. You're a psychopath. Listen. Who does that? I, I did that for most of my life until I got my cat. Well, well, when I first got my cat, when I was 10, I just, he freaked me out because, like, he had such kitten energy that he'd be, like, running around, like, in the middle of the night. Mm. And I'm just like, don't attack me in my sleep. Mm. But, so there was that period of time. But then, like, as the cat, like, got more mellow, like, we just always had the doors open because... If you didn't, he'd just meow out your door because he'd want to sleep on the bed. I guess. So I just keep the doors open. But for a person like you who already has anxiety about darkness, like, does that not trigger it? Like, looking into your hallway and just seeing darkness? Um, well, like I said, like, it's kind of, it's kind of changed as I've gotten older. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, probably. Well, and then there's, like, the certain safety you feel in your own home. Like, I I guess I guess I can't relate because and I don't know if I mentioned this to you. I've mentioned this to my mom a lot, but like the house I grew up in, the one that you were thinking about when we were talking about that ranch house. Mm-hmm. Um as an adult, I really think that there was like spiritual energy there. Mm-hmm. And although I love that house and to this day I always want to like buy it back and live there again. Mm-hmm. I was always really freaked out in that house. So, like, I didn't have, like, that sense of, like, oh, it's my home. I feel comfortable. I was always, like, someone's watching me. Yes, and I didn't have that. Mm. I mean, there was one time where I felt, like, when I was a kid at the dairy house, I felt like there was a ghost in the corner of my room. Like, not going to lie. I, but, and it was so funny because this was back when one of the Lion Kings, like, one of the Lion King sequels that, like, just come out or whatever. Because, like, it was... You could get, like, little stuffed plushies of Lion King stuff from, like, McDonald's Happy Meal. Okay. So there was a Rafiki one mm-hmm. that looked horrifying. <laughs> okay. So the the Rafiki was giving me nightmares. I think you've told me that before, actually. So, like, I actually hid it under my bed because it scared me. Blind Manor. Right. <laughs> and, like, I think that that was, like, what induced that particular, you know... Trauma, like yeah. Like the corner of my room, sort of deal. Mm-hmm. But like you know, as an adult, because in the current house that I've had, I've always been like a Very teenager or you know an adult. So at that point, it wouldn't necessarily bother me, especially since like there was a point in time where I was working crazy hours. Mm-hmm. Like I just didn't have the luxury mm-hmm. of being bent out of shape about it. It's true. Because, like, when I'd come home, like, at, you know, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning from a shift at, you know, Fox, mm-hmm. 
I uh, can't turn on all the lights yeah, coming I can't, in. Because my. So, what it is, like, because my parents like to sleep with the door closed, mm-hmm. their doors closed because they kind of like double doors. But um, my mom would keep one open because she'd want to hear me come home. Mm-hmm. And if she got her way, which I did this in the beginning, but then I hated it, she would actually have me wake her up every and time. And tell I came her home. that you're home. Yeah, but the thing is, is that, like, waking her up is, like, startling her awake. Mm. Like, she doesn't wake up gracefully. Like, she gets startled. (laughs) So I'm just like, I feel like I'm torturing you every time I wake you up to say that I'm home, so Mm -hmm. I'm just going to stop. Yeah. But, yeah, so, like, she'll have the door, like, ajar, which, if I turn on any lights in the downstairs, would go just, like, straight into Into the room. Yeah. I would just walk around with my phone flashlight. Oh, gosh, how miserable. It would be miserable, like, if I was coming home from seeing a horror movie. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, even more so. I don't know. It's all bad for me. I'm just like, I need lights. (laughs) Right. Like, up until I started sleep... Well, this sounds weird. Like, sleeping with my husband. But not, like, sleeping that way. Like, physically sleeping with my husband. Um, I used to always have a nightlight. Like, I had to sleep with light in my room. So, I'm just like, I just can't take it. There must be, that must be kind of nice, though, to have, like, the solidarity of, like, one more person, like, in the room with you. Like, you feel a little bit more safe. I do. The issue with Aaron is that he has this inability to face me when we sleep. So, like, I, it's almost like I'm sleeping alone anyway because he's just, like, totally, like, facing away from me, not paying attention to me. Why is that an inability? Why? I don't understand. I, ask him. Ask him. Because I've asked him and he's just like, I don't, just can't, like, I just can't. Okay. Your confusion is my confusion. <laughs> I don't have answers for that, you. That pauses me just giving like the craziest face to drag. I'm just like <laughs> I don't I can't comprehend. I don't what know. Me. I don't know. It infuriates me because I'm just like, I just wanna like be cute at night. And he's just like, I can't. But the thing is that like he can like we can like lay facing each other or like, you know, like cuddle, whatever. But it's like when he goes to sleep, he has to face the opposite way. And I guess that goes into because this is a conversation we've had like outside of the podcast, just like you know, as like people in real life. But does that like factor into the whole like he can never be the big spoon? Pretty much, that's the reason why. <laughs> that is the sole reason why. <laughs> wow. But yeah. Well, then, like, because also, I mean, you've already you're into a routine that's. You know, whatever. But aren't you also the closest person to, to the, the door? door? Yes. And I've always been the closest person to the door in any situation that we've ever, like, slept together. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a funny thing because, like, he claims that, like, he has to sleep on his left side. But then, like, in situations where we'll be sleeping on a bed and I'm sleeping on the left side of the bed he'll still face the opposite way for me to sleep. So I'm just like, you just don't want to look at me. (laughs) That's basically what I'm getting from it all. Well, do you have a California king right now? No, we have a queen because we're losers. Our next purchase will be a king bed. Because maybe that will help him out a little bit in that area because there would be enough, like, square footage in the... No, 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 (laughs) That is not the issue. I'm on a little sliver of an island when we sleep, and he gets the whole bed. (laughs) That is not the issue, I can tell you right now. (laughs) Like, I'm basically falling off of the bed when we sleep. (laughs) It's insanity. 
And he'll swear up and down. He's like, I stand my half of the bed. And then there was one time that like I woke up and he was straight up like starfished in the middle of the bed. And I took a picture <laughs> because I'm like, this is BS. <laughs> like there's no way. It? Huh? What did he say to it then? He was like, mm, that was in the morning and I was already, you're already awake. And, like, and I was just like, I can't with you. So yeah, that's not that's not the reason. <laughs> I don't know how we got to this conversation. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, that's enough funny. about my sleeping life. <laughs> oh my gosh! So this was kind of fun. Uh, obviously, me and Alex enjoy things like this. Um, so maybe we'll make this kind of like a special podcast that we'll throw in every now and then. Sure. Depending on the viewage or the listenage. <laughs> the the downloads that we get on it so um if you guys like it let us know via our instagram that's at true podcast with three u's indeed indeed (laughs) (laughs) thanks for tuning in guys and we will see you next week